now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. See, a United States Astro Robot becomes a creature of death. And these. We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. From classic cults on the cheese in between, the movies are B, the entertainment is grade A. And I'm your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti, and I'm joined by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Good morning, Jay. Today we have, in my opinion, one of the five best action-adventure movies of all time, and it's one of my favorites. I, I can watch it anytime and that that it's on, and I, if, I, if it's on and it's already started, I go get my Blu-ray and put it in. And we're talking about Predator. Yeah, and we'll get to it right after this. We are a rescue team, not assassins. Now, what do we got to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trail at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean, we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, kid. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He will skin the lion! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Ah! 
Wondery Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Predator was released June 12th, 1987 with 107-minute running time. Uh, your director is uh, John McTiernan. Now, um, that name might sound familiar to people, you know, from Die Hard and Hunt for Red October, um, and then, like, even things into, like, you know, the 13th Warrior and the Thomas Crown Affair, the remake and of that and stuff like that. Um, but part of what, I mean, this movie, you're not going to hear me have to go through a whole lot of who everyone is, because if you don't know who they are, it's kind of, you know, I don't know where you've been. Um, your writers are Jim and John Thomas. Um, they uh, they also wound up writing um, and working on Predator 2, Executive Decision, the, the Will Smith, Wild Wild West, um, stuff like that. They actually worked on um, Hard Times on Planet Earth, which is a, uh, um, a TV series. Um, and they were kind of a writing duo together. Uh, your producers are Joel Silver. I mean, Joel Silver produced pretty much everything. Um, you know, John Davis and uh, Lawrence Gordon. Um, you, and you start getting into your music is Alan Silvestri. Uh, this soundtrack might be, to me, this is probably the best soundtrack maybe of all time. This is up there with Hans Zimmer's uh, Gladiator. Yep. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to think. People say, well, John Williams, I'm like, Star Wars and all well, that stuff is great. Well, the, again, what I'm saying is, but for, for a single movie. Yeah. I mean, the Star Wars, when you when the first movie of Star Wars came out, that, that soundtrack was just amazing. Right. But the one thing about Silvestri's... It, from the very first second that the movie starts, his music locks you in. You, you it, it sort of like gives you a little bit of a, a little chill when you're watching it. You have, you have no idea whether the movie's going to be any good or not. Yeah, that might have been, because we saw it right away. But it, there was the, the, the buzz was, it's a Schwarzenegger movie. And all the movies that he had, he's a he's Conan. So, and, he, and he can't speak English perfectly. So the, the, the buzz was maybe it's, it's just a... Another throwback, but Sylvester's movie, um, Sylvester's music, yeah. music, just locks you in, and then right from there, the movie just explodes. Yeah, and Alan Sylvester went on to do Predator Two as well, which yeah. had some similar themes, but very, but it was also a different soundtrack. Right. Um, so your uh, where we go? So it's, so it's Twentieth Century Fox is your dish, uh, did your distribution. It's their movie. Um, obviously, Silver Pictures, Davis Entertainment, Lawrence Gordon Productions, um, American Entertainment Partners, all those were the you know, producers, quote unquote, with it. Um, but your distribution was 20th Century Fox. Your budget was between 15 to 18 million, um, with a about over 98 million dollars in return. This is all 1987 money. Um, so 15 million dollars to 18 million dollars was a good size budget for 87 for an action sci-fi movie. I mean, this is a B movie um, that kind of has become a because let's face it the predator series has become one of the most the franchise the predator franchise knows no bounds it's comic books movies i mean even so much as even like sandy Clara making dead end where it's batman fighting a predator with aliens like it's predator now kind of has kind of gone beyond what it normally what they thought was going to be a small movie so originally um written in 1984 under the name hunter um, and filming wound up running from uh, March of uh, March of '86 to June of '86, with the effects created, of course, by Stan Winston. Now, 
the very famous story is that they were trying to come up with the Predator look. And mm. there is the original Predator look, which Jean-Claude Van Damme played the original Predator. Um, and he was small and white, but it just didn't work. When you see the test footage, it looks horrible. Yeah, I mean, you know what it reminded me of? The uh, the creature from uh, The Haunted Sea. Well, okay, no. no, 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 no it's not no, Cookie but, Monster, Dad. That's no, what they no, got. No, I'm saying, but it, but, but it looked like that a little bit because it had bulge, a little bulging eyes. Right. Well, he was supposed to look more like a bug. A bug, right. Yeah, but he was small, and that didn't work. And then what happened was um, uh, who's, um, Stan Winston's on the plane with the James Cameron. I'm trying to yeah, think it was James yeah, Cameron. They're yeah. flying back, and he said, I just don't know what to do here. And James Cameron said, well, what do you got? And he showed him. He goes, like, oh, this doesn't look great. He goes, you know what would be really cool? And this and, he, and it, this is uh, Stan Winston. He goes, you know what would be cool? I want to see a monster with mandibles. And James Cameron goes, oh, my God, yes. And on the plane, on a napkin, he right. sketched out the Predator's basic look. And Stan Winston Studios then went to work and creating the Predator. And, again, making the Predator much taller with Anthony, Mike, um, uh, Peter Michael Hall, uh, not Anthony Michael Hall, that'd be a different movie entirely, um, you know, uh, to play the Predator. And that's that fit. It's a very famous thing that that plane ride, just, that's just them sitting, talking, sitting in probably either a private plane or first class kind of thing, right? Just shoot, you know, talking about these movies. Because remember, this is post aliens. So aliens already had happened. We had, so aliens made as, as good as Alien is as a movie. Aliens is what made the the, the right. Xenomorph the franchise. That is the franchise movie. You can not agree with me; it's fine, but you're wrong because Alien was it was a great movie, and people are like it's a great sci-fi movie. It's tense and whatever, but Aliens is what made this thing mainstream because that is one of the best action movies ever. That happens to also be one of the best science fiction movies ever. That all occurred before literally the best action movie to me. The best science fiction action movie ever is Predator. And it's hard because it came right after Aliens. And then, of course, we, as for those of you who listened to the RoboCop episode, no, we saw this on a sneak preview with RoboCop, right? RoboCop might be the most influential science fiction action movie of all time for what it says, commentary-wise or whatever. But RoboCop is not a better film action-wise than Predator. Predator Mm -hmm. has got one of the best, the first, uh, what, half hour of this movie is one of the best Schwarzenegger action movies of all time. It's better than Commando. It's better than Raw Deal. It's better than True Lies, although True Lies is amazing for what they accomplished at the time. Like It's better than anything you can come up with as a Schwarzenegger movie for action, um, but it also then goes into the science fiction and things. And let's be honest, like you had Commando. Matrix was his own guy, right? You had you know Rambo. I mean, not not First Blood. First Blood is a very different movie than Rambo, which is what you know. Ram- uh, First Blood Part Two, which is what made that franchise. The same way Aliens made that franchise, right? And those were sequels that had already built the character. Here, in this movie, the Predator, which is the only thing that ever reappears again, because Dutch never appears in another movie. You know, well, no one else makes it out alive. Basically, kind of thing. Right. They don't appear anything else except in uh, a photo. In um, a Predator Two, True. right? The whole point is, is that the the this the Predator itself was was so groundbreaking, special effects wise, that it it captivated people. They were like, especially once the pre- see before the Predator even takes the helmet off, you're like, look at this guy, it's huge, it's it's invisible, it has all these things. Once it takes the helmet off and roars, everyone's like, okay, are you kidding? Yeah. Like, and it because, and then I just want to say this, and I know some people, you know, you know. Have said because I mean, my love for Monster Squad knows no bounds. 
Stan Winston Studios, and we're talking Steve Wang and Matt Rose and everybody, and the, the whole crew of them, when they created these suits, and again, it's Stan Winston. He was the one doing it. I mean, I know later on when he got older, he was a lot of like doing, not necessarily building things, but this is him building stuff with them. The suit design on the Predator, along with the suit design that Matt Rose and uh, Steve Wang did on the Gill Man, created a level of suit where there's no seam, where it's like, it literally looks so good. No folds, no bends. Like, it's insane what you're looking at. You're like, how am I looking at not a an actual creature, but actual a guy in a suit? Where's the fold? Where's the bend in the arm? Where's the crinkle? Where's the zipper? Where, it, there is none. It's all interlocking, interlaying, skin tight. Like things were like, you know, they were, they were working with latex and foam rubber and whatever, and all to a different level. And the obvious thing is once the, when the predator roars and it opens its mouth and you're like, that head is puppet. It's, it's all puppetry in there. There's no way that like it's actual, because she's not biting on something. It's been working with yeah. whatever puppetry was in there. And, and it, 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 it's, it was groundbreaking. And actually, when, when you think about it, the, the, the follow on, some of the follow on movies, uh, use something very similar, like in the Reapers, you know, where they, where they, when, when they open their mouth and, and, it, and yeah, it's the same. well, that was but, all. Now, a lot that, of that was that was half practical with, but CGI enhanced. Right, but I'm saying, but yeah. but the it, idea but, of a mandible, a yeah. mandible. But you know, the thing when you mentioned this, you were you were nine. Luke was seven yeah. when we went to see this, yeah. and there was there. You know, both both the, we had no idea what the uh, RoboCop was about. I mean, we knew that it was about. You know, a guy. Well, the RoboCop. All you saw was that it was going to be the the cop of the future. Right, and that's it. So we go there. So, but so you're sitting there and we're watching. Well, we, we didn't go to see RoboCop. We went to see, see Predator, Predator. No, and the, they were going to show RoboCop. Right. They could have literally shown My Little Pony, you know, right. no, two, that, and we would have wanted to see Predator because it was the number one movie in the country. Right. But think about this: you're nine, your brother's seven. These are two R-rated movies. Oh yeah. And so, but again, they were. They will probably. I mean, RoboCop was more a hard R than Predator. Yeah. But to to take and we get in the theater and you, there wasn't that many kids. There's no, almost no kids. Yeah, and no, it's so, adults. And but yet you're watching this, watching the movie, and it comes on. Now this is was almost a, a, these two movies are probably a formative point, a thing for you and your brother because Alien came out when you were born. Okay, but I, we saw Aliens in the theater the year before. We yeah. had seen Aliens in the theater when it came out because we, we took because we went over to Carmel to see it and it was like a dead empty theater. Right. This we saw because we just this was saw on a Friday night with a sneak preview. Right. And it was much more the, people. There, right. right? The, 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 well, it was number one movie. It, it, to be honest, with you, this was the number one movie that week it, when yeah. it opened. We saw it right after it opened or a couple weeks after it opened. It was it was had been the buzz on this thing was great. It actually got good reviews from Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Like it was rare that they liked anything Schwarzenegger did because Schwarzenegger movies were like, well, they're kind of mindless. They're yeah. kind of whatever. I mean, it but honestly, it, if but you, can put, so we had absolutely, I mean, we knew that uh, it was, uh, there wasn't, I don't think there was any toys out at this point. No, there's no toys at so, all, but Cinefantastique had covered this. Yeah. Had but, talked about Predator for months leading in because remember yeah. they had the that was the only way you read anything because yeah. we didn't read Starlog at the time no but remember you're you're still only nine years old so what you're what we what we knew about it it was a night out and the the after that movie was over you're sitting there in the in the audience and you got a smile everybody's got a smile on their yeah. face from ear to ear then Robocop comes on 
and in its own way, it's just as good as Predator. Well, it's, for, it's different. For different. Yeah. And, but it just, it's a, it's an. Okay, okay, put it this way. So I always talk about how movies don't have to, like, give you, like, you know, a deep message and whatever. Movies right. can just be enjoyable. Predator does not leave you with some earth shaking message that shook you to your core. You just yeah. enjoyed the whole movie. Robocop. When you come out of that, when you're old enough to understand all the different things, and even at seven and nine, we were like, okay, there's definitely context, be so, you know, yeah. sub stuff. When you look at like what it was talking about and consumerism and stuff that's still true today, RoboCop might be the one that has the more to say in right. a script. But this, but, but to me, Predator is still the better film because it's just so enjoyable. Yeah. And I mean, literally, there is I don't know dozens and dozens of lines that I have said from Predator like my entire life and RoboCop. I mean, that's the problem. It's you still saying them all the time. So real quick, let me just go through this. So of course, we've already mentioned Schwarz, this is a Schwarzenegger movie. He plays Dutch. Um, he's the major uh, of the uh, reconnaissance group or the uh, recovery team, excuse me. Carl Weathers, of course, you know, I mean, Carl Weathers, most people know, is Apollo Creed. Apollo you know, Creed. kind of, that's really what you know him from, right? He's Dylan. He's, uh, him and Dutch served in Vietnam together. Um, and then he's now the CIA operative. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Car Carrillo. She plays uh, the, uh, she plays Anna, who's the, um, the insurgent, right? Kind of thing. She might be the only name in here that might not be, you know, jumping out because she wasn't a huge star at the time. I mean, she's third build in the movie. Uh, Bill Duke, again, some people might remember Bill Duke from Commando. Um, of course, he's Mac here. Um, and then you have, of course, his best friend was Jesse the Body Ventura, right? And the funny part is, Jesse the Body Ventura says, I'm going to go make this movie. And Vince McMahon said, no, you're not. And he goes, oh, then I quit. And he quit. WBE walked, or WBF at the time, walked out. NBC, with their Saturday Night's main event, were re uh, renegotiating with Vince McMahon, Tim Eversall, and whatever, right? And they said, oh, no, we're purchasing, we're renewing this with Jesse Ventura being on commentary. So McMahon had to go ask Jesse Ventura. So if you know anything about wrestling, you know that Vince McMahon doesn't ask anyone for anything. And if you know anything about you know, professional wrestling or even politics, Jesse Ventura is insane. And he's not about to be McMahon. And he hates McMahon. They, they have this horrible relationship, but it was. So McMahon had to bring him back. So McMahon doubled down and said, fine, we're going to promote Predator. And that promotion was, we saw the same clip of Jesse Ventura mm -hmm. on every superstars of wrestling, all-star wrestling. Whatever. They doubled down on that. The only thing that got more promotion than that was No Holes Barred, which had Hulk Hogan in it. Yeah. But you know, what I'm saying, like, but that was the crazy. They doubled down on it. So those are um, some of the big now. The other names in here that you might have heard of: uh, Sonny Landon, or Landholm. Um, he plays Billy. Uh, he was in a bunch of different action movies in yeah. the '80s. He's an action star. Shane Black, uh, yes, that Shane Black, who you're like, he's in this movie. He's an actor. Yes, the man who wrote Lethal Weapon. The reason he's literally written like every giant blockbuster ever or been involved in these things. He's here because he was trying to be an actor, quote unquote, but he also was working with um, you know, the guys from Monsters. Like he's friends with Fred Decker, he's friends with all those guys. Like that whole crew, Shane Black went on to be one of the biggest uh, writers in Hollywood post Predator. And you're like, but he's here. I mean, again, he plays the radio operator, but he's not like, he doesn't look out of place because he should be kind of small. Um, of course, Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator. He's also the helicopter pilot at the end. He's actually way too tall to be a helicopter pilot, mm -hmm. but they don't show that. 
Some of you may remember him as Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Mm. He's the, you know, because those are back to back to back years and kind of whatever. Um, so, otherwise, not like uh, uh, Richard Chavez is, uh, he's Poncho. Um, and who else am I missing here? The. Or uh, uh, R.G. Um, uh, Montgomery, uh, sorry, R.G. Armstrong plays uh, General Phillips, Major, Major General Phillips. That's pretty much the whole team, I and mean, that's everybody right. who's in the movie. I mean, there's like the guy who plays the advisor in an uncredited role or whatever kind of thing. But this movie is really about this team. Now, in Aliens, James Cameron put together a team, right? Like that's the this is this elite you know, commando squad that's going to go in. And it's not the first one. I'm not saying it's the first one because you can go back to the Dirty Dozen, you can go back right. to any number of things. But James Cameron made sure that in Aliens, it wasn't just fodder going in. Like, here's Hicks and Hudson and Vasquez and Drake. Right. Like, and you know those names. And, and I'm saying this, and if you know anything about those movies, as soon as you say Hicks, you're thinking, oh, Michael Bien, Hudson. It's, you know, it, it's, uh, um, what's his name? Um, now it's blanked on his name. The guy from Twister. It'll come to me. But like Vasquez and Drake, and you think you can picture their faces. Apone is the, the thing, and you know all those things happening in your head, and you're like, oh my God, okay. Like, yeah, when you think of this crew, now it wasn't just Schwarzenegger. Now you got Carl Weathers. And Carl Weathers is is not as big as Schwarzenegger, but he's in amazing shape. He's all, huge. All these guys, all the oh, no, what I'm saying is yeah. right, but like they're like Michael Bien is not a big guy, right? You know, Vasquez, you know, I mean, she, she's not, I mean, she's in good shape, but these aren't Hulk, these aren't like Schwarzenegger guys, you know, kind of thing. But Carl Weathers, when he's, when they're pulling the trees down eventually, he, he's huge. But Jesse Ventura, who's, you know, not alive at that point, right, kind of thing, he's huge. Like everyone's big. And then the smaller guys do their jobs as well. And even Sonny Landon. Sonny Landon's not a small guy either, yeah, right? It's, but they had to be big because the Predator's huge. Yeah. But I so, remember, I remember one of the, the when they had the uh, the special. Bill line. Paxton, that's yeah, it. I can't, Bill, Paxton. Bill Paxton plays Hudson. How can I not remember? I could see him. Like I could name every movie he was in. Because you know why? He's in every movie that made insane amounts of money, including Titanic. Right. Even though he's not the main guy. Main guy. Yeah. No. The thing, from what when I remember on the the special is that uh, Schwarzenegger had all the guys on the team work out every day. Yeah. Because they, they, they and, and it shows they, they don't look out of place. It, you know, there are some times when you see a, a team of guys that are supposed to be um, the, these action heroes and some of them are, they, they got a name, but they're kind of wimpy. You know, you go back, but to make a team, you, you always, like the Magnificent Seven, every one of those guys was, they might have been big name stars at the time, right. but they all became big name later, just another right. couple of years later. But with these guys here, this when you have a team like this, they don't focus on Schwarzenegger eighty percent of the time, which is what he does in all his other movies. Right. Everybody has a backstory, and they they interact with each other without Schwarzenegger being on the on the screen, and it just adds this yeah. element of teamwork and well and the, enjoyment. The thing is this is that since since this is his, his team, I mean, he's obviously the leader of the team, and that's the entire point of it. With their air interaction, especially on the helicopter interaction, where yeah. he's literally mapping out the mission, and that's where you start getting the the little bits of like you know that like you know uh, we call tells the bad jokes uh, you know so it's uh, you know it's the whole it's Hawkins is telling the bad jokes and Jesse Ventura is like you know he's still basically living Vietnam and like you know and I mean, whatever Bill Dukes is you know kind of thing so the whole point of doing that is that that interaction is important because when they hit the ground. They have to now go forward, 
But you have a feeling, not even just the dialogue says, but you have a feeling that this crew has been through it. Yeah. Right, they've been there, and they even say things about, "Well, why didn't we do this?" And he, you know, Schwarzenegger finally said to us, "We're a rescue team. We're not assassins. It's not what we do. Like, why is this happening? And what, you know, do you remember this?" And it's like it's literally little things here and there, that, and you feel that they're not just a bunch of guys together. This would later, for those who are much younger and don't know this stuff at this time, this is what the Expendables did. Right. This is exactly what Swart, what Stallone, excuse me, did when he said, "I want to make the Expendables." He went and got all the old guys, but and Jason Statham, who's old but doesn't you know, he looks old, but he's not as old as them. But what happens in that movie? You see, because these guys have all known each other, you know, 30, 40 years. They've all you know been actors in Hollywood, so there's kind of that camaraderie between them. And then when you get to the sequels, where they bring in Schwarzenegger. You know, in his role, and you're like, oh my God, look how old he looks. Because he is old, Ooh. right? But you're like, but he's still in great shape because he probably, you know, you know, cut weight and got down. And I mean, everyone in that movie looks great. And Stallone always keeps himself in great shape. But that's why even the newest Rambo movie, The Last Blood, is so believable. You're like, well, I mean, that guy might be 60, you know, 70 years old. But like, I believe that guy could kill a cartel. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, he and I had the same age. Yeah. I, 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 didn't, I couldn't believe it. Right. But what I'm saying is, so if you look at that aspect of the movie, that's one of the big things that people take out of Predator. People have, and it, people will say, and again, depending on how old you are, they're like, well, they're just remaking The Magnificent Seven, which was like Seven Samurai and stuff like that. And that's when the, a lot of it's here, too. It's a number of guys in your team. You don't want the team to be too big. You want to make sure everyone has a role. Everyone has to be there. Magnificent Seven, you know, it, it's, as much as Yul Brenner and, and Steve McQueen were the names... Right, it's just as important to have and James Colburn. No, but but, but I'm saying, but, but Dad, the names on the front say Yul Brenner, yeah, Steve the, McQueen. Well, it didn't say, you know, no, but uh, they, they weren't, they weren't. It, it took them the, the the next movie, which was The Great Escape, brought, started to bring them up, and then when you get to the Dirty Dozen after that, right? But that's what, what I'm they, saying is, but like the box type, the poster sure, says Yul oh, yeah, Brenner, yeah, and it says Steve McQueen because they're the two star names, but the, everyone else on that team, uh, everyone part of that thing became you know a much bigger star whether it was because they were on television or they were right. in other movies and whatever but every one of them is unique character so you, you can't just have cookie cutter army guy army guy army guy that doesn't fit right. or cowboy cowboy no, cowboy you need characters and each guy's got to have a backstory and that's why predator is is like you just get hooked into it because they do the backstory for everyone yeah so all right let's get started here all right so um Oh, just real quick, just want to throw this out there as people say. Um, obviously, uh, Predator eventually went into other films, novels, comic book. The comic book adaption of Predator from Dark Horse, if you've never read it, go find it. It's not the movie. It's what happens after the movie. And then then the, the sequel, that it was, it was originally what they thought Predator 2 was going to be, had um, Dutch's brother, who's the detective, the New York City the cop, which is kind of like what turns into Predator 2, but it's completely different trying to go get his brother back because they never Dutch disappears right. because at the end of the movie they can't have him talking to anybody right so they kind of disappear him and he goes in and he's former um, Marine and whatever served with him and stuff that series if you were ever to you, were, you can get it you can get a hold of it it's all in the trades and stuff now on paper it's phenomenal you're like wow this would have made a killer mm -hmm. sequel right. and originally that talk had that sequel had been talked about with Schwarzenegger to play the role of his brother also they were twins and the idea of him going in to get him, give him a different haircut and whatever. And it's like, okay. And it didn't happen. And then we eventually got Danny Glover in Predator 2, which is a completely different animal than Predator because that takes place in L.A. and all the drug wars. And that's another. And who's in that movie? 
Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. <laughs> so, and it's a good movie. It really, it's a good. But it's movie. a very diff- different movie. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so our story opens: an alien spacecraft deploys a shuttle to Earth, which we see. That's the very beginning of Predator, which a lot of people forget. They think it just opens with the helicopter, right? But it opens with, and it's that kind of like softer music coming in, and here comes his ship. You're like, well, okay. Then it goes in right into the dun 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 dun, dun like that. And that's when the chopper's coming in, and you're like, okay, so now we're not screwing around. Because you can see on the chopper, when it lands, there's dudes getting off. You're like, okay, they're wearing, like, civilian clothes, right? And they're like, okay, they're getting off. And what happens? And that's when uh, Schwarzenegger lights up the cigar, sure. and it illuminates his face. Greatly shot scene. You're like, all right, so this has got to be some badass crew of guys. Because they get off this helicopter. They're not like, hey, let's do Like, they're not talking. They're not joking around. They're there to do a mission. So this is where we first meet, uh, obviously, Vietnam veteran, you know, uh, Major Allen Dutch Schaefer. It was just Dutch, right? And uh, his rescue team consisting of Mac, Poncho, Blaine, Billy, and Hawkins. Um, and they're going to be tasked with, we're going to find this out in a minute, to rescue foreign cabinet minister and his aides who have now gone off course. And that's even what he says when uh, the the uh, start, the uh, major is talking to him, uh, right? Not the major. Um, general. The general. Excuse me. The general is talking to him. Um, he goes, does he always travel on the wrong side of the border? Right? Kind of thing. And that scene, well, when he walks in, he's talking to the general. And then he goes, well, why us? And he goes, and then you hear some damn fool accused you of being the best. And you see him. And that's the scene where, and everyone's now seen the meme of it, which is Schwarzenegger's arm and uh, Carl oh, Weathers' arm. Literally, I think they're wearing youth medium t-shirts because <laughs> like they, the shirts are painted on these two guys. Schwarzenegger's arms are insane. This is this is the height of Schwarzenegger being in the like action hero. This isn't pumping iron Schwarzenegger right. where he's competing. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger has to walk around as a human being, but still looks immense. Mm-hmm. And Carl Weathers' arm is not much smaller than his. And it's just that scene of them when when they're kind of arm wrestling and kind of whatever, and you can tell they have some history. But Schwarzenegger is also like, you know, what, you know, you're working for the CIA now. How can I trust you? And that's the whole, you know, CIA go pushing too many pencils, you know, like it's, it's, do, do I trust him a hundred percent, you know? And then, so he's like, you know, my team works alone. I got to go with you. And it's like, okay. So you can kind of feel that, that tension there. And that leads of course, right into uh long, tall, long, tall Sally by uh little Richard playing, which I literally had never heard that song in my life before that. I love that song now. And that's where you start getting all the interactions. Because Dutch is going over the plan. Him and, uh, you know, uh, he's sitting there going through whatever. He's talking on the headphones. And that's where you get Jesse Ventura. That's the scene where he's putting the uh, the, 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 the tobacco in his mouth. Uh, you know, um, Hawkins tells the really bad, dirty jokes. Trying to get Billy to laugh. You know, you start getting a little bit of each one of Mac is like shaving his head, you know. And you're just like, okay, these aren't guys. It's not. It's not like how to put this. The the, the when you're going into a, a battle, there's going to be times where there's probably some levity with there because there's so much tension. But they're all just kind of doing their thing. They're checking their weapons, make sure they're good to go. I mean, Ventura's got some of the best lines. We can't even say half of them on the here, yeah. um, you know, because of the you know because it's the more adult content. But it's like. You know, it's just so great to see that interaction. And then you're, they're going over the, they're going to go into, you know, the you know, restricted airspace. And what's the first thing Schwarzenegger saying? Well, where's our backup? He says, no such thing, buddy. He goes, this keeps getting better and better. Like, yeah. there's no backup. Yeah. Like, we're just going in. Spendable assets. Well, that's later. He yeah. called, he, he tells them that's what yeah. they are. Right? So, um, they, you know, they go in. 
excuse me, even though Dutch doesn't necessarily believe that they're the right, you know, they're a rescue team, but this might be beyond whatever it is, but they're the best, so they're going to go in and do it, and they don't have any backup. So they all wind up dropping in. They all come out of the, you know, they don't parachute in. They, they zip lined, or not zip lined, but they rappel down oh, from the uh, thing, which I think is a great scene too. Um, when you look at that, because, you know, normally you're like, well, you guys got to jump out of a plane or whatever. Kind of, they're in choppers. You wouldn't parachute in. You would rappel down so the choppers can get out quick. Um, so now they're en route to going to where the camp is. And they find the wreck of a helicopter, right? Kind of thing. And it's like, so Billy's the tracker and he's, you know, doing, and again, some of you think like, oh, well, of course they made the guy who's Native American a tracker. Like, it's what it is. It's a story, folks. Like, you got to go with it. He's going through, and they're kind of tracking what's going on, and they find the helicopter, and then they find the so they find the bodies of them in a tree skinned, and it's like, why did they skin them? Like this doesn't make any sense. Like all the things you're looking at, like okay, like, no, you kind of know this is going to be something more than just an action movie, but you're like, that would be we like. Yeah. really sick in an action movie because that wasn't the kind of movies you got nowadays. It'd be like, oh, no problem. They skin them alive where they wear their skin and stuff, like whatever, you know. But like, then it was kind of out there. So you found them now. They So they, you've gone, they found the chopper. It's been skinned. And what happens is they find, that's when, they, well, they, they know they had sent the, the chopper in and it got hit by a heat seeker, right? And that's why it's there. Um, and then they, and then that's when they find the dog tags for uh, uh, Jim Hopper's crew, which is Green Berets out of Fort Bragg. And that's what Schwarzenegger says. He goes, I know this man. He's Green Beret out of Fort Bragg. What's he doing here? And, you know, Dylan's like, I don't know. You know, I, and, he, and it's just like, you, know, you, you look at it, he's like, I don't know what they're doing here. They This was not any mission we sent him on, I think, which turns out to be a complete lie. So that's when you start working in then they get to the where the they think they're going to go save the cabinet minister and the rest of it, right? With the CIA, the CIA operatives, right? And now you're like, well, okay, they're outnumbered. There's no way in the world they're going to go into the guerrilla camp, even if the guerrillas are just have guns and stuff. And maybe you have the element of surprise, but you're not going to be able to take out all these people. There's no way in the world uh, that they could kill all these people. But so Dutch does, he puts the explosives in the back of the truck that's running the uh, the water mill, right? And sets that into motion to go into the the actual encampment. And you're like, okay. And it, it's it's so crazy because he has them go and get in position and stuff. And, you know, Ventura, and, uh, so Blaine and, du uh, and, um, and Mac take out the sniper nest. Mm -hmm. And they start taking out guys on the, 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 the lookouts. And he sends that in, and now it blows up, right? This is, I mean, in, in most movies, this would be the end yes, of the movie. Yes, this is the end of the movie, right? This is happening in the first 25 minutes of this film. And then that's when, you know, then Mac, uh, then, so, so now you have Mac and Blaine together. You have Poncho uh, is, is, he's got the rocket launcher. So he's shooting that in and there. I mean, Schwarzenegger's got, the, that became very famous. The, the M16 with the rocket launcher on the bottom, which literally became everyone's favorite gun after this movie because that thing looks awesome, right? Kind of thing. It's it's the same gun from Scarface. That's what he has in Scarface and the Scarface, right? Um, so they uh, they blow everything up, and now they're going in, and that's when when uh, Dylan you know, and him, they come there. They're, they're the last parts in, and they're now just laying waste to these gorillas. Right, uh, you know, gorillas, as in, uh, you know, with a U, not an O, right, kind of thing. And that's when they, the guy tries to get the chopper, and they shoot him up, and the chopper, you know, goes down. 
And this, the lines that Schwarzenegger has, his one-liners, he's known for his one-liners, right? That's when he kicks in the door and he says, knock, knock, and then shoots the guy with a grenade. The guy goes out the window with it and he's killing people. Or he takes the knife and, and again, that knife looks an awful lot like uh, Stallone's mm-hmm. knife in uh, Rambo. And he impales the guy to the wall and stick around, right? Yeah, kind of thing, right? Around, yeah. All his one-liners in there, they start going through and you just start seeing now this, you know, rescue team, they're elite. They, they're not just, you know, guys who are going to go in, but they, they are elite Marines and whatever else. They might be, you know, Navy SEALs and whatever. I mean, Jesse Ventura was a Navy SEAL for crying out loud in real life uh, kind of thing. They're laying waste to that, including uh, this is when we see um, Jesse Ventura take out, because she like, everyone's got guns. He has the mini gun off the side of the helicopter, right? And he's just, you're like, he's now opening fire with a mini gun on people. You're like, are you okay? But John McTiernan always said, if you're going to do something, do it to excess, right? If, if you're going to have a fight scene, have it be all out. And this is probably one of the best action scenes in any science fiction movie ever, for guarantee. And it's one of the best action scenes in the 80s. Period, right? Yeah, period. Um, they lay waste all that. They, you know, they wind up, um, they capture the, you know, Anna's captured. Dylan wants to bring her along, whatever. And now they're trying to get an extraction point and they're just too hot. They got to move. They got to, they can't pick them up there because there's other gorillas coming in. And so you start getting like, okay, this just is a straight up like action movie at this point. There has been nothing science, you know, sci-fi here except for the spaceship we see in the very beginning. Mm. If you didn't see that. You would think you're just in the middle of just the next Rambo, Commando, whatever kind of movie it's going to be, right? So, um, but now is when we finally get to see something going. So what happens? uh, um, uh, Hawkins tells Billy another dirty joke, which is not funny, but Billy laughs, right? And then, so then you get the Predator now vision. You're like, wait, what just happened? The Predator sees everything in heat vision. And you're like, how are they not seeing this thing? Like, it's light next to them. And that's when we get the, you know, Billy's laugh. He, he yeah. it mimics <laughs> it mimics yeah. the laugh and captures it, which is so funny because nowadays, like, we think of, like, screen grabbing and stuff. But in 1980s, this is super high tech, right? Even when um, when Mac, so, I forgot to mention, but on the way there, Dylan uh, slips and falls and gives away their position. And Max says to him, he goes, I don't care in the real world are, I'll bleed you out here real quiet, right? Kind of thing. He'll kill him. He's like, don't give away your position again or I'll kill you. And so now Dylan's walking away and that's when he says, Dylan, Dylan, over here. And then that's when the Predator captures the over here. Like the, he's capturing words because the Predator doesn't have a language per se right. that they speak. He's So he's capturing words and that's when he kills the scorpion. Yeah, that. On his shoulder. On his shoulder, and and the the way that the way that's portrayed is great because after he, when he kills the scorpion it's in the, and it's on the ground, you see well the he's, outline. He steps on the scorpion, scorpion. just crush it, right? And because he says because that's when he kills it, and uh, he picks it up, and you see there's a scorpion on the end of a knife, and Dylan says thanks, and he goes anytime, and any, he captures the anytime, anytime, right? And it's all these things you're like. Yeah. I mean, they show you them them being captured by the Predator, but then the Predator really, as soon as he walk away, the Predator picks up the scorpion. It's standing right next to them. And you're like, how are they not seeing whatever this creature is? We don't know what it looks like yet. But how are they not seeing the creature standing next to them? Why is the creature not seeing it with regular eyes? Why is it seeing with heat vision? Because you can see that there's flames and whatever. And as a scorpion, he's got the scorpion in his hand and it starts losing its heat because it's dying. Right. And you're like, 
okay, and then it's but it's and it cuts away, and you're like, okay, what even going on? Because now you've gone from best action scene, maybe one of the best action scenes of all time, definitely one of the best ones in the 80s. Okay, this is a whole thing. They're killing guys. That's even where the Ain't Got Time to Bleed is from. Some people don't even know that. They don't even understand that. Jesse Ventura's book, his first book was called Ain't Got Time to Bleed. People didn't know what that's from. They're like, how do you not know what that's from? Well, that's the, he says, he's dug in like an Alabama tick, right? And, and he goes, hey, you're hit, man. You're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. All right, you got time to duck. And he fires two grenades into the thing and it blows up. They showed that scene on, on WE television or WF television forever. Yeah. So now we're into the point where they have to get away from where the where they just killed the gorillas, um, and it turns out, of course, that the uh, uh, I mean, there's some we can't say some of the stuff that uh, Bill Duke says there, um, but it turns out that it's not. He goes, if it's a CIA operative, okay, but the rest of them look like Russian military yeah. or Russian whatever, and you're like, and you got to remember, people are like, well, Russian. It's 1987, 86. Yeah, we're still kind of not happy with them. I mean, Rocky Four had just happened, you know, um, kind of thing. So the idea is that they were lied to, right? And Schwarzenegger calls Dylan out on it. He goes, you set us up. He goes, all of this, you know, is BS. And he goes, I knew that you'd be pissed about it. It was my men in that chopper. And he goes, you sent Jim Hopper. He goes, I had to send someone in to go get them. And he goes, well, I use you. You're all expendable assets. And I'm like... Never have I, because I didn't know what expendable assets at the age of nine was. And I was like, oh my God, that's going to be literally probably like the way life is going to go for like, because a lot of people look at everyone's being an expendable asset and being expendable. You know, the, that idea is where the name, the expendables obviously right. came from there. Right. So all of this occurs and all this story is happening, but it's not happening with just, it's a, it's a lot of dialogue, but there's action happening, whatever, you know, like this, they're still fighting the, but these things can occur now they're headed out into the jungle to get away so they can get to a, a, a pickup point. And you're like, okay, wh what's going to happen now? Are they going to run into the gorillas? Is it now with the sci-fi? Now is where the sci-fi sci story starts. Yeah. And of course, once you get away from there, um, they have Anna is one of their captors. So they're bringing. She, um, they, they get down because Billy is looking, and he's, he's there's something in that tree, and that's a great scene because it's now shot from the predator's view. And he's looking at Billy, and you can clearly see it's 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 uh, you know it's uh, um, Sonny uh, Landon. Landon, and you can clearly tell it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, and he's like, "Do you see anything in that tree?" And Schwarzenegger says, "I see nothing," yeah. and that but you don't but you don't hear it clear because it's all garbled through right. the, the predator, predator trying to understand. Wait, the way, but it's, the way Sonny says it, those things, there's something in them trees, right? Right. And he's and looking, and they're looking, yeah. and Schwarzenegger goes, "I see nothing," and then you're just looking, and I'm like. Man, you just don't even realize how well it's shot. Because hes they're both looking directly at the Predator. And they can't see it. And I'm like, okay. So there's this a, is so cool. Yeah, there's like, a, what, what we see is 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 a is a faint silhouette. Barely. They, when they first look there, you kind of can see the shimmer. Shimmer. But then, but he, they're looking directly at it. And now it's all shot from the other, so it's all heat vision. And that's, of course, when now Dylan's got to go see what's going on. Right, so he leaves uh, Poncho with Anna, mm -hmm. right, and of course Anna grabs the log, cracks Poncho across the face with it, and she takes off. And Hawkins goes after her, right, and you're like, okay, well, you know, Shane Black, get on your horse and start. He's he was a lot skinnier then, right? He runs her down, of course, and he grabs her, and he's like, I don't want to hurt you, and she doesn't understand what he's saying, and that's when we get. Now we see the air move, and you're like, whoa, what is this? 
shimmer and it comes right up and you get Poncho, uh, Hawkins entire face right as the predator it comes on him it's all done in the heat vision you're like holy cow like that is super intense and what happens is we don't see him get killed we just see the blood splatter right across her and then you see the body dragged off by a shimmer and you're like okay what is going on now because now we have an invisible killer like you have an invisible killer that that's in like this is an elite commando squad even if you know uh, Hawkins might be the radio guy, he's still able elite. to kill. He's an elite guy, right? He's still trained. If nothing else, he's an elite level Marine or Green Beret or whatever they might be, right? He's murdered, didn't get a shot off, right? And then they get there and they're like, "What'd she do to him? She's covered in blood." And it's like, "Why didn't she escape? Why didn't they take his weapon?" What? And Dylan will not believe that there's something. That it's, it's just a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of gorillas. A bunch of whatever. And they're like, this isn't her blood. What happened? They started asking her. She said, the jungle came alive nice. and took them. And you're like, if I didn't know what I'm looking at, it looks like the jungle, just a shimmer came alive and killed him. And that's when you get the, let's find his body. Let's go. And they're searching for the body. And that's when you have Ventura now yeah. walk off. And that scene, again, that's right before his death. They never, they never show his death on television. And the little hedgehog comes out of the, the whatever and that he's got the gun, and he kind of like is, you know, kind of let's okay. And then he gets hit from behind with it's a it's 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 a laser. We don't know it's a laser, but it's like Whoa! he's like oh, and he gets shot again, and his chest bursts open, not like a chest burster, but it literally gets blown oh, out no. the front, and you're like, what? Like what is now happening? Like he, somehow it killed him. We didn't see the claws yet. They they, they you know, now it's killed him. It killed Blaine. And that's when Mac is right there, and he and he looks and he sees the eyes, and the eyes glint, and you're like, "Oh man, this thing is huge!" Because you can see how tall he is next to the tree. Because Peter Michael Hall is like over seven foot tall, so Mac just like just unloads with the you know he has, um, it's literally the gun that that it's it is exactly the exact thing that Rambo uses in First Blood Part Two. So it's it's not an M16; it's whatever the heck that is. I can't remember off the top of my head what the gun played, right? He unloads the entire chain of bullets, right? Because he's, he's loading the bullets, and he unloads all of it right through him, right? Mac then drops that, picks up the minigun, mini gun. and starts going the minigun. Everyone comes over, and they just start firing. Rocket, Poncho's launching off grenades. Schwarzenegger empties his clip, drops his clip, new clip in. He's pumping rockets off. They are. So Dylan's got two. It takes about at least two minutes. Yeah. Time. This is where John. This is where John McTiernan said, "We're for gonna do this scene. Yeah. Let's overdo this scene." The whole point is, that literally, they say nothing. Nothing could have survived. That's the point. Yeah. If you fired off that many rounds of live ammunition, and they did. Because that's how it was filmed. It was the gun experts. It wasn't really them. It was gun experts literally just mowing down yeah, trees. They did the forest, the, the the entire forest. But the and that but the the good line is then, uh, um, um, was it Blaine? Not up Blaine. No, Blaine's dead. So Poncho says, Poncho, we hit nothing. nothing. And that's the crazy part. You're like, how did they not hit him? But when you think about it. We don't know yet that it's jumping in the trees and whatever, but it's running away, and you see green dripping out, and then Anna finds the green and puts it on her, she wipes it on her leg. But it's like, yeah, if you can't see where you're shooting at, you're just shooting in front of you. If he just goes off to the side, he can be behind you in a minute. Yeah. And that scene, though, people have pointed that as the 
the um uh you know who want to like you know the 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 um not idiocracy but like the overkill of like action movies in the 80s they always show like a scene well, like that but, well, like- but, but i'm saying but it's no worse than what he what, what what happens in uh commando when he literally gets on the beach by himself yeah. he you know slice well, the guy's arm off he's shooting a rocket i mean he he kills an entire army right well, what about wild bunch the end of Wild okay, Bunch. But, they, but, okay, but in Wild Bunch... They, they're killing people. Right. But I'm saying, but they're also... They, they have a minigun. They have... Well, not a minigun, yeah, but they have the, the rotary road. gun, right? And But in Commando, it's him. Right. Right? This at least... I mean, they're the whole... They, but the whole point is just the amount of guns and the excess and whatever. But if there's nothing that says 1980s, like excess, then there's nothing that says 1980s. The, the the excess excess of excess is the 1980s. That's what it is. The old saying, you know, do a line in coke and vote for Reagan. Like that is the 80s. Like it's what it was. And the movies of the time show that. Why is violence pushed to that level? Because the violence that's being put there isn't violence the way we would find violence nowadays. So this isn't violence like hostile or saw. Oh, no, no, no. It's not violence. This is like about war this yeah. is about you know gun i mean they're not showing some guy getting che- so it's not like remember ram remember not the original rambo but remember they made rambo before they made last blood they made the one where right. he's in there and he's in the jeep and he's shooting the machine gun and he just the guy in the front he takes the machine gun to the guy who's a foot away and just annihilates the hell out of him and you're like it's like ed 209 the scene that had to get right. cut down right. right it's that's just excess for excess point of view but that's not what we're seeing here you know, like the, the idea of you getting all this, you know, def- deforesting this. How could this happen? So they're like, all right, we'll set up camp. I want, you know, they set up all the things and whatever. And that's when, um, you know, we learn more about, see, it's hard because you're, you're obviously they all are friends, but Mac and, and uh, Blaine, Blaine share a much deeper. They actually probably, and we don't ever know this for sure, but he said, you know, the whole thing, I mean, 22 guys walk in, we the only ones walk out, you know, not a scratch on it. And it's like, yeah, they've been through probably Vietnam together. They're the right age, right? And the whole point you're implying that Schwarzenegger and Dil- and and, and um, Carl Weathers served in Vietnam together, that that's probably where this happened. And they have been part of these crews and they've done all these things and they've, they've seen the horrors of war. And that this happened... To their team, like, like, not that they're in disbelief, but it's like, how did this happen? How did someone get a drop on us? How did, because that's what they're good at. They're being, they're being stealthful moving through. Right. I mean, that's the scene with Bill Duke when he's talking about, uh, about uh, Blaine as his friend and he brings out the, uh, he takes a, a drink of, a, of well, that of earlier is the one where, where they where they were. He already established he has the yeah, flask, the flask, and he says a little taste at home. He goes, "I've seen some bad bush in my day, but this makes Cambodia look like, like Kansas. Kansas, right?" Ventura's got great lines in that movie too, yeah. and but that's the whole point, like you know that their friendship is deeper than it is with like I mean you know whatever Schwarzenegger. It's his, it's he's the leader and every, everyone respects him and stuff like that. You know, Dutch is the leader, but Dutch doesn't trust Dylan anymore. Like he did trust Dylan, he didn't hundred percent trust him when they got there. Now he can't trust him at all. Now you're in you're in a fight for your life and you have a guy who used to be part of the same crew you're on uh, in in Vietnam, but now you can't trust him. And that's the whole point is that 
you know, he can't trust him. He because he, he's now got some other thing. He you know he dropped the six of them in the meat grinder. That's what he was saying. He dropped, we just dropped the six of us in the meat grinder. That's what it is because they're expendable assets. And that's when we get they set up all the trip wires and everything because they're trying to see if they're going to try to get them at night. This establishes now more about the predator and how it moves, right? Because the the wild boar sets off the flare and Mac just eviscerates this boar with a knife. And you don't see it. You just hear screaming and stuff. And you're like, whoa, he might be killing the predator right now. We're kind of early in this film. They're killing this thing. And that's when they get there. And he says stuff I can't say on a, yeah, on a PG you? podcast. But what is what is what does Poncho say? Oh, I think it kills him a little bigger. <laughs> like, cause because that's the smart ass thing to say. And then, you know, he curses him out and they're like, what about the girl? And she's terrified. She didn't try to get away. And Blaine's body's now gone. Yeah. And that's that. Well, that once that that's when Dylan goes to the girl and says she knows something, and then they 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 ask her the question, and then that's when that's that's her line is that the when it's hot. Oh no no that's that's not now. No, that's much. That's later. We have to rip the trees oh, down. Oh, okay, what she okay. says there, he she says it back, and he goes. She's saying the same. Effing yeah, stuff. The, the, the jungle came on. That's not what she's saying. What she's saying doesn't make any sense. That's blank. Doesn't what she's saying doesn't make any sense. Right, kind of thing, and they at this point they're like, she, uh, um, you know, sh she's now still scared, but they, they go and get Blaine's body. So that's when they're saying, okay, we have to now fight, or we're not going to chop, get to the chopper. And Dylan's like, we just got to keep going forward and get to the chopper. And, and that's when Dutch literally says, if we don't make a stand now, there'll be no one left yeah, for the chopper. chopper. And it's like. Okay. Yeah, and then at the, line, the other line he has there, when she has the the predators, the green blood, they see the blood, and he says, "If it bleeds, okay. we can kill it." No, no, it. but that's later. What? It hasn't happened yet. What? They have to rip the trees down, and when she's talking to them, she says, "I don't know, but when the big man was killed, I don't know what it was, but uh, whatever it is, you heard it." And that's when he says, yeah, right. yeah. if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. Right. But they have to get to the point where they're going to now start pulling the trees. They don't have chainsaws. So they start well, no, ripping the trees thing. down. Yeah. Right. So the entire scene, this is now, they always say that Stallone finds an excuse in his movie to take his shirt off. So everyone's got their shirts sure. off. Right. So they're, but they're yanking down trees with ropes and setting up whatever. And that's when they're all waiting. And that's when uh, um, Dylan says, What's next? Cheese? Yeah. And he says, if you can see our trip wires, maybe you can't see this. And it's got a giant net set up to trap the predator. And you're like, and they're sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And that's when that's when Anna says, I've seen a man like this before from our village. It only when it's hot. It only comes when it's hot. And it's like, now it's, it's all this other stuff happening. You're in a tense scene and she's giving you information that's super important to the story. But you're like, okay. And that's when they say the line. And then Schwarzenegger gets up and he's, Dutch, Dutch, what are you doing? And Schwarzenegger starts walking across the net. And he he's out there, nothing. He turns his back and he hears, bam! And the net catches. And you're like, okay, when you go and watch the movie, the Predator's standing right there. Yeah. He's, he, he's behind mm -hmm. Dutch. So when you watch this in 1987, you couldn't possibly see it. Because we're watching on a, on a screen, you're like it's it's as big as it doesn't matter. It's, when you watch the Blu-ray, it's clear enough you can see that there's something moving, but it's shimmer. Yeah. It looks like heat shimmer, and then it gets caught and it goes up, and then it fires out the pulse light, and that's what hits um, uh, the tree, which causes it to slam into Poncho and destroy his ribs, and it starts shooting out of there. So and it cuts itself out, and that's when 
Bill Dukes goes after him, and then Dylan goes after him, and he says, just hold that chopper for me. And you're like, okay, this is nuts. Poncho is now destroyed. His whole midsection, yes, and he's just hit with a, the, 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 the branch, of the trunk, trunk of a tree, yeah. right? He's down, right? They go, they, he's like, Mac, Mac, come back. So he, Dylan goes after him because Mac is, you know, I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. And he's going crazy. And, he can see him. No, yeah. For what he's, he's the only one who's, he can focus. Not to say he can focus well, on Well, he saw him. what to look at. Right, now he knows right, to go he get. So he's now chasing him down. And Dylan's going after him. And you're like, okay, this is a bad idea. You know it's a bad idea. But what other choice do they have right now? Yeah. Like, he's going to go avenge Blaine's death. Dylan has been worthless the entire time. He has literally just screwed them over and over and over. So he's going to try to redeem himself. you got to give him a chance. you got to always give someone the second chance, the chance to redemption arc. And even Schwarzenegger says, it's not like you, Dylan. He goes, must pick up on your bad habits. And he takes, he has both of the um, the automatic weapons. They're not, uh, they're not M16s. Like yeah, they're, they're not Uzis, though. They're not, no, they're, they're, um, they're I can't think of what they are right now. But they, but the, it's, it's a very, put it this way, it's what every single terrorist has in um, Die Hard, which wouldn't be right. off the bar because this is the same guy who made Die Hard, right? So he goes after Mac. So Mac is now trying to hunt him. He's trying to follow him the, the blood trail, right? And he's trying to follow where he is. And what happens, the Predator gets a drop on him. And as Mac's trying to go under the log, the Predator gets a drop on him. And just, just when the, he finally see the three dots, you're like, oh, no, this is not good. Yeah. And so the three dots hit him. Bam! Blows out the back of his head. Mac's now dead. And Dylan's, like, you know, trying not to yell, but trying to find him. But when, when Yeah, but when Dylan goes after Mac... Uh, Mac, he says, Mac, he goes, Mac, Mac. And he yeah, goes, but he's not. Shh. He goes, oh, right, right. He's you, in them trees. Yeah, right, right, right. You <clears throat> sweep him out. Yeah. yeah. I'll flush him out. You get him. And that's when he's trying to go under and he kills Mac. Yeah. And that's when the predator starts coming up. And this is when, this is Carl Weathers' big scene in the movie. He's unloading. He's trying to fire. The predator slices his, his arm, arm off and the arm falls, still firing. Mm -hmm. And then he pushes, he punches right through him with the spikes. And you're like, all right. So this thing, like, can it be killed? Because it's gonna get it's bleeding, but he they're shooting at it, but they can't see it enough to hit it. So that's so now you hear him screaming, and that's when they're going over the log, right? And that's when they so it's now Anna and and uh, um, Dutch are carrying Poncho, Poncho, and Billy stops and he goes, Billy, come on! And Billy, and now you know he takes off the vest, he throws his gun away, right. takes the vest off, takes his machete out, and starts cutting his chest. And I'm like. Oh boy, this is not going to end well for him. Now we don't see him die; we right. only hear him scream. But you see, in the predator's view, there's Billy standing there on the log with his machete. The predator is going to go over that log, and you're like, "Okay, are they going to show us this fight?" But by not showing you the, the whatever happened, because it's not much of a fight. It literally is seconds of time, right. and then Billy screaming and dead, um, which we later see his corpse, and then he you know pulls his spine out and stuff. Like the whole point is, is you're like, okay, this thing is now laid waste to the best they have, and now they're crossing the log to get over there, and they're trying to get Poncho, you know, out of the way. He can't walk, and you know, they hear Billy scream, and they look back, and they go, "We gotta, you know, gotta, gotta get to the chopper, right?" So they gotta keep going, and that's when the the the, the plasma um, beam comes and kills Poncho. Right, Poncho's like, I can make it. They're gonna boom, and he blows his head off, 
And what happens is Anna goes to pick up the gun and Schwarzenegger says no and kicks it away from her and just unloads with the clip at her. Just get, run, get to the chopper. And that's when he yeah. gets yeah, hit. He says, yeah, he says, he says, no, don't go to the gun. That's, he's, he didn't kill you because you weren't armed. Because you weren't armed. No sport. No sport. You know, kind of thing. So she she's now running. He gets hit. The plasma thing hits him, but it doesn't go, but it hits his whatever he's got his vest on, the, the Kevlar, stops it, and he starts peeling up, and he's like, Ron, get the chopper, and that's when he's trying to crawl away, and he slides down, you know, the, uh, it's, it's a slide, you can see there's a slide built in there, kind of thing, it's a sign, but he slides and falls off uh, the cliff into the water. Into the water, yeah. And now you're like, well, does the predator now go after her, or is he coming after him? So there's Schwarzenegger swimming through the water, and he pushes up on the shore, and he's laying on the, on the shore, face first, and you see a shimmer, Splash, and you're like, okay, it's on. So now Schwarzenegger has no gun, he has no knife. He, he, oh, he has a he has a knife. No, no, right. But he well, he, well, he has his yeah, right. But he only has a, he doesn't have his gun. He doesn't have his rocket launcher. He doesn't right. have anything, right? So he's now cr- looking for his pistol. He doesn't have his right. pistol, right? Because he grabs for his pistol and he doesn't have it. And he's crawling on the beach and he's covering in, in mud, right. not on purpose. And he gets ready to fight the predator. He's sitting there. And that's when the predator comes out of the water, and, and the, ele- the electric sparks happen, and we finally see, see. the full predator. You're like, yeah. okay, here's the full reveal. This guy's humongous, right? It looks unlike any other monster you've ever seen. It's got like fish nets on and whatever. It looks weird. Little skulls hanging and stuff. That scene there, when he's looking and he can't see him, and you can see, when you watch it, you can see Schwarzenegger's face. And it's all blue because he has the mud on him. And then he goes after the rat or whatever is in the thing. Yeah. And he goes off. And that's when he realizes he couldn't see him because he's cu- covered in mud. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, you've seen when when uh, <clears throat> when Billy gets killed, then the next scene before before you, that when they show the predator sitting down, he's... He's got Billy's skull. No, oh, that's okay. So and, after, so after he leaves Dutch, that's when right. he goes in the tree right. and he has Billy's body down and he pulls it, it out. Pulls it out. Pulls out. And so these are souvenirs. Yeah. And that's why he's got little skulls. That's why he picked up the scorpion. The, but again, did he did he take the scorpion? No, no. He was looking at the, the scorpion. scorpion. He was like, whatever. Right, yeah. But again, but when you see what he's got on, he's got on little skulls, which could have been a, a dog, a rat, or whatever. Well, it yeah. also could be like because well. At this point, we don't know all this stuff yet. Right. But eventually we learn that predators have to earn their right to right. be warriors and that uh, what actually happens in Alien vs. Predator is they're actually, that when they're truly warriors, they can kill an alien and that's, when th- that's the whole point of that, right? right? But we don't know any of this stuff yet because that's all years and years and years down the road. Um, but so that's when Dutch is like, okay, I can't run from this thing. I've got to kill it. So he starts creating booby traps Right with the he makes he makes spikes out of whatever mm. he sets a, the the counterweight mm. up and whatever and you're like okay he he doesn't have any weapons except his knife and a couple grenades so he makes explosive tips for a makeshift arrow okay. that's a great scene in the movie he's taking the the, the giant branch and bending it across his, his back knife. you're like of course he is of course he is his back is immense you could show a movie on to that make, thing to yeah make a bow. to yeah. make a bow right but he's going back to so what happens is. At the end of the day, he has to now fight the Predator, not with the machine guns and the tanks and the whatever, but with sticks and rocks and, you know, whatever he can come up with. Because he doesn't use the knife ever on the Predator. He uses the knife to, like, to cut the things or whatever. It's a survival knife. Yeah. He's not f- having a knife fight with the Predator. He's trying to kill the, the, kill, the, the kill him with the most basic stuff you can. Yeah. And they, 
the the, the thing with the, with the Schwarzenegger is that when when the predator comes out of the water and he and the pre- predator can't see him, that's when he realizes he says right. he can't see me. Right. And it so is the then, heat. Yeah. then he, he adds more mud to him, and so he keeps the mud on the entire time that he's uh, coming up with the arrow and, and yeah, what yeah, have yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing about this is that the first twenty minutes of this movie, incredible. The next half hour. Again, the story just keeps moving. The last twenty-five minutes of this movie is is him trying to kill the predator. It is thrilling. Yeah, but it's it, all different. Yes, that's what I'm saying. This is this is now a cat and mouse cat, right kind of thing, and it's at night. Yeah, and yet and yet you can see. And it well, because he because he because he's okay. Well, so we can see. So this is this is a, a can see. This is a thing because you need this in the movie because you can't see anything if it's pitch black. He set, he sets a giant fire and right. sets a fire up. So now there's heat everywhere right. to blind the predator. Right. And I'm like, of course, that is the perfect thing to do. If it sees by heat, a giant Man, fire will hide you even better, right? right. Kind of thing. So um, the end of this movie, as Dad said, now you have him, Schwarzenegger's trying to, so he's realizing he's in the trees. So, because they knew where he was in the trees. So he goes to the trees. So that's where he swings from one tree to the other, and he's grabbing on. The predator can't see him. He throws the the explosive at him, or shoots the explosive, yeah. at him, I should say, um, and, and it explodes. And hits him a little right? bit. And it hurts the predator, and then the predator is trying to figure out where he is, so he's shooting at the tree, and then he's trying to figure where it is. So that's when he t- it's when uh, Schwarzenegger gets, uh, Dutch gets lower, throws the rock to try to find him again. So the predator sees the rock going, and it shoots there, and then tracks the rock's back. arc back, and I'm like... Of course it is. Of course, because that's what it would do. And it almost, it shoots, it misses him. It hits the rock next to him. And that's when he throws the the last of the explosive he had of the, thro- of the um, ones like a, like a spear. And it hits and it blows up. And now the predator's bleeding. And you're just like, okay, this isn't, now the predator's behind him in the cave. Because now he's, Schwarzenegger's trying to get through whatever that uh, cave part is right there. And the predator's standing behind him. You, you see the blood, the, the green yeah. dripping. So but he the, takes. But there was a there was there's a great scene before that when the when Schwarzenegger he, the predator he can sees the he's he's in the trees and the predator comes he actually oh he crawls over him he crawls oh he yeah but the, but Schwarzenegger then shimmies down and actually hangs underneath the 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 tree branch, with, and the predator walks across. Okay. Oh, him. No, that's two different scenes. So the predator crawls down the tree where he is, yeah. and that's when he swings away. And then on the on the, on the bridge to get out, that's when Schwarzenegger's like, uh, and he can he hangs He's underneath. On, oh. Yes, and he walks over. But it's all about that because it's all this that that back and forth. It's like trying to you know, you know the hiding. Schwarzenegger is able to. He has the last little bit of the thing. He flares, throws it out. It blows up. It gives him a chance. And this is when he goes to jump, and the predator shoots the branch. So it's it's whatever stunt man did this. He didn't get paid enough. He's jumping to a branch that they automatically break, and he just backflips into the thing. You're like that had to hurt into the water. Into the water, right? And that's when now he's come. Now the mud's coming off him, and that's when the predator grabs him by the throat. And holds him against the tree, and you're like, and you now see the difference in size. Now, clearly, Peter Michael Hall is not holding Arnold Schwarzenegger by his actual throat, but it's actual size differential. You can see this thing is huge, and that's when he's kind of looking at his skull and going, "Yeah, I want this one." He lets him go, and that's when he, you see him start popping the the the, air, the, the, uh, the um, yeah the locks, the, the airlocks yeah. on the side, and it takes his mask off, and that's when it reveals itself. And Schwarzenegger has a great line that we can't say here. Um, but it's like, 
now the mandibles open and now you've gone from okay this has been great so far and if the predator just looked like he did it probably you know people would love the movie but now it's become iconic now the he's, he he roars at him and you're like because uh, Peter Michael Hall is not a big guy he's skinny but he's seven feet tall so now he's now like roaring at him and Schwarzenegger hits him with the the tree branch and it breaks and a bad idea you know kind of thing and now he's getting his butt handed to him right, right? so he's now getting whooped and he's and the predator's predator's punching him blood shooting out of his mouth whatever he crawls to where he's now set up the trap right, right. and actually like come on kill me i'm here kill me because he wants the predator to step in and then he'll spring the trap and he'll puncture him with all the the spikes well the predator now is he's still a hunter He's like, hmm, this seems weird. And he starts, and he starts playing, playing with the, with the leaves, leaves, and you're like, oh, no. So you see Schwarzenegger's looking at him, and he's like, he gets up and walks around. You're like, oh, God, he saw the trap. And now he's like, oh, I got your back door now. So what yeah. happens? Schwarzenegger kicks it. The trap springs, but the counterweight drops and crushes the predator. And you're like, oh, my God. Okay, like, literally, you're thinking, like, okay, he's got him here. Oh, and he's not going to get him. He's gonna. And that's when he gets up, and Schwarzenegger's going to kill him. Right, with the rock and it crushes his head and and he goes well, again there's cursing in all the lines but it's like you know whatever and that's when the predator starts talking but he's mimics uh, Stallone's voice and then he starts laughing like Billy and then it becomes Billy's laugh and you're like oh my god like literally this is and he sets off in his arm mm. the explosion right so it's a countdown and you know it's not any kind of language you can understand or numbers but you can kind of tell something's deep deep it's counting down Schwarzenegger runs starts running to get to the, to the to the chopper, right? He's running away, and it it draws in because we again we later learn that this is a different device in his arm that actually draws in energy and expels the energy. We wouldn't learn that till Shane Black wrote the Predator in 2018, but that's what happens, right? It draws in the energy, and then it basically becomes like a thermonuclear device and explodes. explodes. And we get this mushroom cloud and everything, and that's when we get the scene of the helicopter, and it's Peter Michael Hall flying the helicopter, and. Anna's on the helicopter, and it's just him looking. Like, and they they pick up Dutch. They don't show you them picking up Dutch. It's in the it's in the novelization, and then they just cut to the back, and there's Dutch, cut Over. covered in mud, cut up, like looks like he's been through hell, and and, and and then some, and it's just like he literally, his whole team was killed, and Dylan, because they had to make sure you know the, to kill the predator, right? So part of this, you know, now at the end. You're like, oh my god, like really? And then the music hits again, yeah. dun 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 dun, and you're like, what? Like, what did we just watch? Because it's it's an hour and what? I would say it's 107 yeah. minutes. It's an hour and 47 minutes. It's just shy of you know, it's a little under you know, it's an hour and 45 minutes, hour and 47 minutes, whatever. The credits are exhilarating because you're so pumped up at the end of the movie. Now they're going through like they're showing like it says Carl Weathers as Dylan whatever right and you're like oh my god like I want more like you right. didn't want That's the right. movie to end you didn't want it to end and That's right. so then you're just you just pumped up beyond belief this movie has again like we said has spawned so many sequels comic books movies toys model kits like you name it like p people have ripped off this movie hundreds of times tried to make their own version of a predator everyone's make their own predators right even to the point where um you know guys have wanted to work for stan winston studios or you know amalgamated or whoever was doing the movie at the time just to paint a predator just to have worked on a predator kind of thing it's one of the uh parts where you start thinking about how important it looks right uh, uh how important the 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 move the 
character from the movie is. The xenomorph from Aliens is important, and it, and it became iconic. The Predator also became, became iconic. Same with the Terminator. Like, it's just scenes, things that look so, uh, you know, perfect, you know, whatever it is. So, what happens now is you now have them talking about a sequel, of course, and they're talking about then they're talking about doing the sequel, you know, kind of based on the book, the the graphic novel, and we eventually get Predator Two, and Predator Two is very very different. It's got you know, about gang warfare and stuff like that as well, but it also has a lot to do with now it's in the concrete jungle. Well, the predators, you know, got an advantage in the trees. You can't see them, but in a, in a city, like how could it have advantage? And I think Danny Glover. Um, of course, everyone remembers him from, you know, obviously uh, Lethal Weapon. When he's getting too old for this, blank, you know, and he's all of what forty-one uh, at that time. Um, so, the movie got a lot of um, overall. Some people didn't really; they thought it was nothing special. They didn't really enjoy right. whatever it, that was going to happen. Every Schwarzenegger movie got bombs at the time, but like Cinefantastique and things like that, of course, were their champions. The key was. Um, it actually got um, some people were kind of their complaints were that it was the movie felt like it didn't have um, they, they only focused on the action end of things they were like well you know we're not getting as much enough character in this it's like there's a lot of character being uh, shown here but the what's being shown here is not always uh, the same as like it would be in like other you know other movies um, but I don't know what people were expecting character-wise. It's an action movie. It has tons of that stuff. It did get some a number of positive reviews, and the fan reaction was off the charts. Right. right? But the problem was every other Schwarzenegger movie does did great business. Like Even the poor ones, even like Raw Deal, which is not that great a movie, people did a lot of business. Because it's Schwarzenegger. Oh, my God, Schwarzenegger. You know, kind of thing. So the thing was, this movie did really good business. Um, it's a summer movie, and it was early summer, so they, they had a lot of repeat business kind of thing. Um, to make almost $100 million on a $15 million budget, what well, at the time was outstanding. Still, I mean, if you can return you know, 10 times what your budget is, that's still a great return on investment. Um, uh, Roger Ebert was actually really complimentary of the film. He says it has a breakneck pace. Right. Like, it's, it's nonstop. The music, like, it's just funny that how some people look back at it and now we're like, oh no, I love that movie. And you would look back and like the critics kind of like the same when they, they panned it when it was early. You're like, yeah, you love it now because you realize how important it was for what it gave us. And you realize, like, wow, I went, I've now watched a lot of bad remakes or sequels or whatever or, or ripoffs of this. You realize how good the original is. You know, sometimes you got a movie like Jaws that comes out and people are like, I got to make. You know, uh, you know, a thousand different ripoffs of it, right? Kind of thing, like Last Shark and whatever. And you're like, okay, these are all poorly done. But with Predator, that movie, they started making ripoffs of it because they're like, we can make this, right? Like, and the whole idea that it was invisible and whatever, like they, but no one could ever match what Stan Winston Studios put on the screen by way of creature, right? You know, kind of thing. I mean, the sequel, the sequel to this, the Predator Two, was 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 done real well. Again, the story was. Uh, it wasn't far-fetched. It was another predator coming down, looking to to earn his bones, so to speak. And then they then they went into the 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 the, the other sequels. Well, not, now they started to combine. Well, no, no, okay. So what happened was is so the same way that the second Jason Voorhees uh, became Jason Voorhees, and then Freddy Krueger existed. Someone said, "Oh, Jason versus Freddy would be really cool." Right. The second that happened. 
is exactly once you saw the predator, guarantee someone said, "Ooh, what if that fought an alien?" Like that immediately became someone's thought, right? Immediately, and it wasn't just one person. A lot of people wanted to see that. And those two franchises, they exist because they're both science fiction. They're both in the same time frame. They're both whatever you know, kind of thing. Because the aliens have existed supposedly forever, and the predators have existed forever, right? But that's part of the thing. What Predator Two did was Predator Two said, "We can't give you." Jungle, exact same right. thing. People will hate it. Well, not hate it, but they'll say it's a ripoff. So they put it to the concrete jungle. And now this predator, right, which looks different, which is people don't even understand that. The paint scheme here is completely different, right? Now the paint schemes are the oranges, and he has the the, the little extra horn. Like it looks different when you look at the original Predator, and look at the Predator and Predator Two. They're not the same thing. So. Now what happens is you get this different looking predator and you're like, wait, they can look different? And that allowed the Predator universe to expand. Right. And what happens in Predator 2, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you're way too late. You gotta go see these things. They're 40 years old. What happened in Predator 2 is the, the trophy room scene is the most famous scene in the entire movie. Because the trophy room, you're like, oh my God. And back then, you're trying to stop the movie and pause it. It's what it is, Dad. So uh, you're trying to stop the movie and pause it to see what... what Skulls are on the wall, and of course, the first one, the one you can see right in the middle, is an alien yeah, skull, and you're like, oh, it's on now. So now you knew there had to be an alien versus predator, and there was. There was a comic book, and it came out, and the comic book that came out is 100% not like the movie at all, right? But what happens is you have to now get the franchises in the same place. They have to be owned, like, you know, if it's if it's Fox and Paramount and whoever, you got to get things together. That's not always the easiest thing in the world. The chances that the same company produces two iconic creatures in two years is pretty rare right usually it's someone produces something someone has produced because they're your big budget you know whatever's then you bring the franchises together the issue became not so much with that but like the the people's minds started filling in what this movie going to be no matter what we got for alien vs predator the other one with uh, lance hendrickson whatever mm -hmm. it was never going to be as good as what you thought in your mind it's never going to be as good as what you had originally imagined it just couldn't be because it's now got limitations of you know being on the screen and being whatever kind of thing so it all has to be there anyway so um obviously 20th century fox uh they had three direct sequels um you know kind of thing with this predator 2 came out in 1990 um and of course schwarzenegger does not reappear in any of those things um there was alien vs predator then it was alien vs predator requiem um and then in 2018 there was the predator which is what shane black worked on and whatever and uh, again, those movies, uh, however you might feel about those, I think Predator 2, out of all the sequels, is the best sequel. Um, also, it relied a lot on more physical effects and whatever. I think the story was better. The Predator, I thought, was too CGI. I thought the story wasn't bad, but too much CGI. Just too much CGI in there. Um, and I think uh, when you start kind of thinking about what we want to see in this series, at the end of the day, Alien vs. Predator, the first one, was fine and all, but it all takes place in Antarctica. Requiem at least takes place in a city, you're like, okay, in a town. I think what happens is when you have so long for something to build and get changed and whatever, we get what happens at the end of the day with all the Jason vs. Freddy's and all the like ideas and whatever. People want to see the predator they know, the alien they know, and they want them to fight. I mean, that's I know that sounds stupid, but okay, uh, uh, when they made you know uh, uh, Kong versus Godzilla, right, the the new one, right. People want to see the King Kong they know from here and Godzilla they know. They want to see him fight, right? I mean, that's what the people want to see. They want to see these two things fight. The The chances that they're going to get super invested in your backstory and all this other stuff probably aren't going to happen as much. Right. 
But that's part of one of the, I think, the issues is because you, you can't just make a movie that's just two creatures fighting because neither one of them speak. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's not like the Predator's going to talk or the Xenomorph's going to talk or whatever. So it just becomes trickier that way. But be it as they may, it doesn't take away from the original Predator, which we're talking about here. Arguably, to me, this is one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time. It's up there. I hold this in the same level I hold Seven Voyages Sinbad, exactly. Jason and the Argonauts. Um, you know, trying to think of like, I mean, the original, I mean, I love the original Carrie, you know, kind of thing as going to be one of the best, you know, straight up horror movies of all time. But like, this is in a level of like Gladiator to me. And the people will say, oh, Gladiator won the Academy Awards. So much like this different kind of film. But this film, and I literally put it on to watch it. And I don't know if I looked at the screen much because I literally was saying every single line of the entire, I can do the entire movie. Yeah. That, that's what I did. I, I mean, yeah. I put the movie on. I mean, I'm I, watching it. I'm, I'm having lunch, but I'm but, watching but, it. But believe it or not, the, the, I, I said this in the very beginning. All I need to hear is the opening, yeah. the opening dun, dun, riff, dun, dun, dun. and yeah. I, I immediately, yeah. it, it immediately sets off something inside of me, like a, um, uh, you know, like a, a, a real, a, a happy feeling. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to enjoy this, but you can't watch it. On TV with no, commercials. No, I didn't say you watch commercials. No, no, but but when you watch it on TV with if it's on, let's say it's on uh, TCM in the afternoon, um, turn to classic. Not uh, yeah, not, yeah, but not, okay, not but it wouldn't be on one. those things. But yeah, yeah, and you know every five minutes they come in with a commercial. Right, but that's you, okay. You, you right. just you cannot watch it that way. Yeah, but okay, Dad, but okay, you have to remember, most people don't even have cable anymore. They got rid of it. A lot of people don't have this stuff. Don't watch TV with commercials. No one watches TV commercials. They watch a stream. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I know you do, but I'm saying is that's not a lot of people don't do that anymore. They stream things or they don't watch it. Right. Right. Um, so um, just I'm going to mention then here, uh, Alan Silvestri, some of you might be screaming, Alan, because this is the Two True Freaks Network. You didn't mention he just came off of Back to the Future. Yes, he did Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying this is better than that. Um, so, uh, you know, the. Um, the, obviously, uh, um, the the idea that uh, pre- the that Schwarzenegger had to fight an alien, right? That's what the, that was kind of a joke going around Hollywood after Rocky IV, when Stallone fought Drago. It's like, well, look, he just fought all of Russia. You know how who what what's 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 Rocky going to do? Go to space and fight somebody? It was a joke, yeah. and it became kind of like what what other what else could Rambo or it doesn't mean had to be anybody, but who else could Rambo fight? And you had to get to a story. Now that's why Rambo three starts. You know, Troutman gets captured in the whole nine. Again, if you haven't seen it, catch up. Um, you know, they had to wait for another war to kind of happen. Like we had to wait for like kind of the stuff in the Persian Gulf and the whatever. Like, like not Persian Gulf, but you know what I'm saying. But in Afghanistan and whatever. Right. And then we have to because Rambo needs to be in a war kind of thing to make it make a lot of sense. Uh, as horrible as that might sound, it's kind of like the it's like the missing in action movies with. Um, um, Chuck Norris. It's got to be part of that, right? But Schwarzenegger was like, okay, what's next? I mean, he was the Terminator, so and he was the bad guy. I mean, we didn't. And this is before Terminator Two. I mean, let's remember Terminator Two, James Cameron's Terminator Two. As much as you might look back and think it's quaint nowadays, you have to remember how much that actually moved the movie industry forward. The special effects, the digital. I mean, it was insane what that movie did, and the amount of butts and seats it did and the amount of money and I mean it's a blockbuster and a half right long before anyone was like you know worried about like uh, uh, you know tentpole movies or what do you want to call them nowadays right gotta make sure this movie comes out three weeks after this movie and whatever 
Terminator 2, for those of you who are too young to remember this, Terminator 2 was like, I mean, next level. I mean, the, the amount of buzz, like, and it was Schwarzenegger back as the Terminator, but now he's a good guy. Like, it just blew people's minds. And it was at the dawn of like, like, VHS existed, but you're not into the, the into the 90s. And it's like, I mean, not only did you have a Guns N' Roses song, and Guns N' Roses was red hot at the time on it. It was just like, visually, you're seeing like, wait, this thing's made of liquid metal? Like, it was just crazy, right? That was what the problem was. You hadn't been there yet. We haven't been there. We, we're, we're before that, right? We're not even that level of Schwarzenegger yet. Schwarzenegger at this point, again, had done, the big ones were, I mean, Commando was huge. You forget how big a movie Commando was, money-wise. But, like, he had done, obviously, Conan Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer, right? You know, kind of way, way back, you know, it was Pumping Iron, which is a documentary. But, right. like, he had done The Terminator, which had been his big movie, right? Kind of Terminator was huge. But Commando did a lot of money. And then you get into movies like Raw Deal and whatever. You're like, okay, they're fine. But it just was like, who else are you going to fight? Yeah, and he also did the kindergarten. Uh, that was later. Then, kindergarten Cop. No, but Kindergarten yeah. Cop was a re. That was him doing a comedy, comedy. which also turned into an action movie, right? Yeah. But he's a smaller Schwarzenegger at that point. That's yeah. when he had started losing some of the like, some of the mass. But that's what I'm saying is you kind of look at like his progression as an actor to career, and people are like, okay, well, you know, I mean, they think of all the movies just being cookie cutter. I think he was trying to get out of it being cookie cutter, and Predator is the perfect example of it not being cookie cutter. Because once you're out of, once you leave, you know, those kind of things, once you're, because um, Judgment, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day was 91, right? And then remember, right before that, because you had, what, Commando's 85, Running Man was 87, Running Predator's Man. 87. These were both, Predator was filmed, they had to do special effects, and then he went and did Running Man. I want to say, I mean, Running Man, I think, came out right before... Running Man came out in November. It came out right after this. So Schwarzenegger had a summer hit, and he had the other one because he worked on both. And Running Man was a huge hit too, right? And then uh, Red Heat was '88. That, that was the uh, you know the buddy cop movie. And then Total Recall, oh, which was huge, huge, was 1990. And yeah. then then you get into then it's into Terminator 2. But then off of Terminator 2 comes what do you call? Because uh, comes True Lies in '94. Now, in there, he had also done Twins, which was 88, which is the comedy, right. which was his first story in a comedy. And people loved Twins. Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, and then Kindergarten Cop is 90, right? And then eventually went on to do Junior and Jingle All the Way and whatever. I mean, kind at of, this point, at this point... I mean, he's he, most bankable he was, star. He's he was, The Rock. He's The Rock, right. He's The Rock. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> the one. You can't, you can't, if you have him in a movie, you cannot lose. Yeah. Right. Even if the movie's not great. Um, it didn't matter. Like Junior was nothing spectacular, yeah. but it made a ton of money because and, he's in it, and it's not that funny. Yeah, and and True Lies was was oh a surprise. God. No, True Lies capitalized on tensions in the Middle East, yeah. and he's well, a spy. But what makes that movie to me is Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, she steals that entire movie because yeah. she has she's she's nothing. She's just his wife. Not nothing. I shouldn't say that. She's not. She's not a spy. But she wants to have this exciting life. And then she realized, but she steals the movie. Her strip tease that she does and whatever, and her awkwardness, because it's Jamie Lee Curtis. This is the guy who almost killed Michael Myers. Like, this is this is the survivor. She didn't get killed yeah. twice by Michael Myers, right? You know? I mean, and forget, like, you know, all the other movies she made, but like, let's say everyone knows she's Laurie Strode. And nowadays, she's old woman Laurie Strode trying to murder Michael Myers now, still, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. 
but I mean, anyway, she was a bankable star because right around oh, of course, she did, you know, trading places. Well, no, trading places earlier, yeah, and then but, somebody, but, but, but she but, but trading places is a comedy. Fish Cold yeah, Wand is a comedy. a comedy, but she had done some funny stuff. But she was a, a, a she was a big activist as well. Her but yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is a bankable name. The thing with Schwarzenegger was it was Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies, mm-hmm. and everyone's like. Yep. Didn't matter what it was. They don't even care what the movie's about. It's like Schwarzenegger. It's going to be great. And then, of course, it's exciting and it has its humor and it uh, yeah. has, a, has a very young Eliza Dunkshu and, you know, Tom Arnold after, uh, you know, after he had kind of become kind of a star because he was married to Roseanne. Yeah. Like, it made its point. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Predator. The whole thing is this movie literally was a blockbuster. It drove everyone like, wow, this is crazy. Then in the fall, in November, right before, right before Thanksgiving, you get running the Running Man. Well, see what people forget. See, people don't always know this. Pay per view was not like it was nowadays. Pay per view was one movie was on one channel and showed for an entire week, and then they showed another movie an entire week. Predator hit pay per view right at the same time Running Man hit the theaters. So people were like, Predator. And now remember, Predator didn't come to purchase. It was rental price, $100 to buy it, a rental one. So you only could rent it. Now it's on pay-per-view for $5. Yeah, and they would turn the pay-per-view on for like a week. And you'd watch Predator as many times as you want. And now Running Man's in there. Schwarzenegger was so bankable. People to see people think like, oh, no one's ever been bigger than a rock. I would argue in a time when there was no internet, no, no, none of this like stuff now, it, the rock couldn't he be as big as Schwarzenegger was back then? He's bigger now because of the availability of putting him out there, but it wasn't that. So, anyway. All right, folks. So, um, this is the summer movie, and of course, we always pick the July movie to be one of our favorites. You know, you've heard us talk about, like, Jason and the Argonauts. You've heard us talk about, um, you know, things like that at this time. Obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we, you know, this is one of our favorite movies, you know, ever. I mean, I didn't even use a synopsis in front of me. I literally just went off the top of my head to remember the whole thing. Um, so, uh, you know, feedback on this. Like, are, do you remember seeing Predator in the theater? I mean, obviously, I know my brother does. But, like, um, did, did you see Predator in the theaters? Were you old enough to see it then? Is this one of those movies you saw later on? If you're younger, is it something that, you know, you were a huge Schwarzenegger fan? You had to see every one of his films when they came out? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us some feedback on that. We'd love to know what you think of it, um, you know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, are you somebody who maybe was, didn't discover Predator until later on when the comics came out and then went back and discovered the movies? You know, kind of thing. We'd like that too. So that's our July episode, folks. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, when we do our July uh, one, you know, uh, you know, we got one to the end of the month. End of the month, we're going to do a feedback episode. But the next time Dad and I are going to talk about a movie, so just make sure you're up to date. August movie is going to be Friday the 13th Part 3. You do not have to watch it in 3D if you don't want to, yeah. but I'm going to be very, very honest with you. For those of you who now own the special edition uh, Blu-ray box set, which is insane, and if you've never picked that up, check it out. It's it's definitely over 100 bucks. but let's face it, you're getting every single Friday the 13th movie, all of them, inclu- all of them, all of them, right, kind of thing, all together in one place. It's insane. Um, so you might want to watch that in 3D. You don't have to. Uh, but that's the next. So Dad and I are going to do a feedback, and then we're going to come back at you guys um, in August with uh, Friday the 13th, Part 3. And remember, this fall, got a bunch of stuff coming up. Mr. John LeMay is going to be on the show um, as well. Um, Dad and I, of course, will get into you know our fall stuff, and then eventually our Christmas and all that other stuff at the end of the year. All right? I think we're good, Dad. Well, we're, we're, we're good on Predator. I just I just wanted to throw something out. The, the, uh, 
when we went to see this, obviously we saw it with the RoboCop. Yeah. I think it was the next year they had another sneak preview of uh, uh, of a movie. Yeah. We went to see... We saw Red Heat and Red Short Heat. Circuit 2. And, well, short, well now, then it was another one because we saw... No, but I'm saying, we, yeah. well, we saw Red Heat and, and Short Circuit 2. 2. Those I don't think go together well. We had also seen Harry and Henderson's with Inner Space. Yes, and then Which we was saw, two funny ones. We also saw Dark Man and Die Hard. No. Yes. We saw No. Die- no. 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 We saw Big on my birthday, and there was a movie coming out that said, it's a Bruce Willis movie. It's oh. called Die Hard, and that's what we Big. saw Die Hard. Big. Saw- Big was the number one movie for two months. That movie was killer. Well, we saw Dark Man with something Dark Man was by itself. We saw Dark Man alone, because we saw, the tr- we saw the poster for Dark Man, and Luke goes, that looks awesome, and we saw Dark Man by itself. Dark Man didn't play okay. with anything else. I'm telling you, because I remember going to see Big, thinking like, wow, well, that's pretty funny, and then Die Hard unfolds, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is the middle of July. Why am I watching a Christmas movie? Yeah. I mean, think about the. These are all. These are all eighties, where they, the, the theater, the theater. There were big theaters back then. Yeah. There, there were yeah. no nine, nine, nine minis in, in the thing, and yet they would have a sneak preview of a movie because the if the movie if the second movie was the sneak preview and it was good. Word of mouth would yeah. get... Oh, my God. Food, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, Die Hard became Die Hard. I mean, well, Die no. Hard became, like, literally... Die Hard became its own thing. Like, Speed was known as Die Hard on a bus. Then, like, Die Hard on this. And Die Hard, I mean, because Die Hard became even bigger. Yeah. But at the time, Bruce Willis was not a bankable star. He was coming off of Moonlighting. And then that's a whole other... Epi- I mean, Die Hard is a B-movie. I know people don't want to say that, but Die Hard is a, is a B-movie beyond belief. Yeah, so as you can tell, folks, the, the gardeners are here. Um, they literally, they are never here, but they're doing it today. It's fine. Um, but Die Hard itself became so much bigger than Die Hard. Right. And I mean, let's face it, a little movie, it's a Christmas movie. You can argue that you don't want to believe it, but it is. Die Hard became Die Hard. I mean, Die Hard's yeah. huge. And Bruce Willis from that movie became a bankable megastar. Right. No, I, but I, the only reason I brought up the, uh, the other ones is that, think about this. There's no... There's no way that they're going to run a sneak preview anymore. Not anymore. No. In, in, in a movie theater, and as a matter of fact, with the way with the way the uh, the streaming services go, sometimes there's a movie in the in the going into the theaters for a week, and then it's on HBO Max or it's oh, on okay. Prime. Yes. And, you know. It, yeah. So you're almost you're, you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, "Geez, do I need to go to the movies?" Well, that's part of the problem. Is that the the, the movie going experience? Some people love that. Um, if you don't love that, which I actually detest with a passion, I hate going to movies. I hate going to movies. I love watching movies, but I hate going to movies. Yeah. And there's no point in me. I'd rather watch a movie on my phone, which is this is not big, it's like six inches. I'd rather watch it there than in a movie theater if I have a choice. Yeah. And I don't like watching movies on my phone, but I don't have to have anyone else with me. I can watch it at my own pace. I don't have to worry about, you know, uh, whatever else is going on, who has to pee, who has to whatever. Yeah. You know, no one else is being a jerk in the movie. Yeah, and I mean, the last I think the last time we really enjoyed going to was when we saw we saw Conk. Because oh, we, Skull Island. Yeah. Skull well, okay. Island. We saw Skull Island on an IMAX in an empty theater. In an empty theater. Empty theater. That's why we enjoyed it, Dad. If that theater had been full of idiots, we would have not enjoyed the movie as much. But yeah. there was literally you, me, and one guy who sat up front. I don't know why he sat so close. He must have, you know, really be blind. But, like, there was three yeah. of us in the movie theater. But that, and that's why it was great. But you're right. I mean, the other time, when, when, what other movie did we go to where there was people chit-chatting, not watching? And, and okay, um... Th- 
Cheapers Creepers comes to mind. Uh, like a whole bunch of movies you and I saw. Uh, you and mm. I, and, I, and it's like, I can't deal with this. I'm tired of this garbage. Like, it's to the point, I just can't deal with people acting like asses and stuff. And that's the problem. That's what happens. And But that's my distaste for people. Anyway, um, yeah. but that's true. I'd rather watch a movie at home. And, even, and I don't even like necessarily watching a movie with the girls. Right? Like certain movies I watch with the girls because they're like, oh, we want to see this. And it's fine if we're watching like Adam's Family 2. Okay, no big deal. Right? But like like if I'm watching a movie and it's something that I don't think one that they'll necessarily love or they'll whatever. Like, it, it, I mean, there are movies I've sat down to watch because I've waited long enough. That, like, I can't watch a James Bond movie with the girls. Can't. Haley has no interest and Kelly's mm. going to be not paying attention. So I watched James, mm. James Bond movie myself. Uh, what, but they're also completely farcical now that the like... At least you maybe had a shot at being somewhat in the, in the realm of possibility, you know. But I mean, at the point where James Bond movies now, you're like, okay, there's no way, there's just no way. Well, like there because was, there no, was, there no, was, because the envelope has been pushed so high yeah, I mean, that it has to push it higher than right, that. But there was no way that we went in the Roger Moore movies either. But no, the oh movie, no, no, you, uh, some of the stuff has actually come to fruition from those movies. Yeah, well, but you know, but if it, so like now, if, if I was if I was watching, like let's say for sake of argument, I, I put Predator on tonight. Mom enjoys Predator. But she's going to get up and go to the right. go get a cup of coffee. She, she's not going to watch the whole movie. Right. She says, I've seen it. And so she doesn't have... But yet, if you put on Gone with the Wind, oh my God. God forbid you get up and walk Oh, out. no. Oh, no. Unless you unless you riff Gone with the Wind live like Luke and I did, which is very hard. For those who think riffing is easy, try riffing something. You have no... Oh. never. We, I've never seen all of Gone with the Wind, and I never realized... I knew it was long, but God... It is insanely long when you don't want to watch it. And Luke and I riffed the living heck out of it. Yeah. And Mom appreciated that. Not at all. Not at all. Anyway, <laughs> I, like like I care. Um, anyway, the whole point is is that if you haven't seen Predator, oh. um, I don't know where you've been, in a coma, under a rock, whatever. If you haven't vis revisited it in a while, go back and revisit it. Um, watch it cleaned up. It looks great. Um, you know, because it, again, it was shot beautifully. The the everything's shot in jungles and whatever kind of thing. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sure the Blu-rays aren't that expensive. No, anymore. Yeah, you can get you can get the Predator on Blu-ray for like four ninety nine. Yeah, and it comes yeah. with a digital. See, I actually it was cheaper for me to rebuy Predator on Blu-ray for four ninety nine to get the digital. Yeah, because the digital was nine dollars, and I'm like, I'm not paying nine dollars for this digital. I'll just buy the Blu-ray and get the digital for free. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I gave away the the, the Blu-ray. Anyway, all right, folks. So, like I said, um, Dad and I will be back end of July. Uh, the feedback episode, and then we're going to talk about Friday the 13th, Part 3. If you haven't seen Friday the 13th, Part 3 in a while, you might want to watch it because we're going to talk all about stuff about how someone gets a mask and there might be some 3D effects in the movie and stuff like that. So um, then we'll be back with that. And like we, you know, so again, um, like we say right here, folks, keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of 6 million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? 
if you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti. And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti. And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?